Let us pray. Our precious Father, I want to thank you again for the privilege you have to study your word. We trust you that by your spirit you will speak to us and open our understanding and help us understand what the spirit is saying to the churches. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are the book of Ephesians. We're talking about uh, the weapons of God, the weapons of our warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. I keep reminding of this. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having guarded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall, you will be able to quench all the darts of the wicked one. So we are taking the darts, I mean taking the shield of faith. And then the scripture tells us, and every Christian must underline it in your Bible, there is nothing else that quenches all the darts of the devil except your shield of faith. This is what deals with everything the devil can throw at you. And if this is what deals with everything the devil can throw at you, you must know what faith is. It's in your own interest to understand and know how to put up this shield. So, and then, so let's look at the place of faith in our Christian lives. The place of faith in our Christian lives. Number one, the just shall live by faith. That is the only way we live our Christian life. There is no other way we live our Christian You can't invent another way. The Holy Spirit said this is the way you live it. The just shall live by faith. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, confirmed this, this, the, the second temptation the devil brought to him is on this. God says, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. He brings me great joy. A couple of <laughs> moments later, the devil goes and says, if you are the son of God. And Jesus said, we live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how we live our life. By faith. By faith. Jesus said, we live by faith in what God has said. God called me the son of God in whom I will please. How dare you come here and tell me another thing? But we live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We live by faith. For faith comes from that word that you hear. And so the scripture says, the just shall live by his faith. If you invent any other way you live, that's not going to work. And Christians should be good listeners. We must be good listeners. So that we don't invent something that people are doing ritualisms that people are doing. There are a lot of things that people are doing that the Bible does not prescribe. And that's not the way of faith. It's not faith in God. It's not certainly faith in the scripture. Oh, but popular, a lot of people do them. The just shall live by, by, by the faith. He said, but, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. So you can't live by the law. You cannot. You cannot. And I just say that this is what the body of Christ teaches. Living by the law. But the scripture says that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. He said it is evidence. For the just shall live by faith. 
You don't live by the law. You live by faith. Twelve. And the law is not of faith. So how can you live by what is not of faith? When the scripture says, the only way you live your life is by faith. And now the law is not of faith. But you go, most teachings in the body of Christ is 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 about obeying laws. Obeying laws. Obeying laws. It sounds good, but the scripture says, the law is not of faith. And you live by faith. Now, what is this obedience of faith that's different from obedience of the law? They are not the same thing. They are walled apart. If the law is not of faith, then obeying the law is not what is prescribed for me. What is prescribed for me is to live by my faith. So there has to be another type of obedience which my faith produces, which pleases God. There has to be a way that my life produces this life. My faith produces this life that obeys God, that produces the righteousness of God, that God says, this is the way you live now. So obedience of faith. Let's look at it. Let's now talk about how faith produces God-pleasing obedience against self-producing obedience of the law. Self-producing obedience of the law. Versus faith-producing obedience of God. Through you. Self-producing obedience of the law. The Bible says there's no faith in it. Now, there is the obedience that my life of faith produces when I trust God, God's spirit works, works in me and produces this that God says, only my arm serves me. Only my arm serves me. You can't serve God with your arm. Only my arm serves me. Only my arm produces what pleases me. The arm of man cannot please God. So what's this obedience of faith? And God and God says, this obedience of faith pleases me. But this your obedience of self-righteousness, it says, fit a rag. I don't want to see it. And yet, in the body of Christ, this is mostly what is taught. Mostly what is taught. Once you mention the name obedience, everybody says, yeah. But the scripture distinguishes them. Distinguishes them. Obedience of the law is without faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. How can we focus on that? The little wonder. Oh, there's no power in the body of Christ. Because our fellowship with the Spirit of God is not very intimate. That's why people are running around around the place looking for prophets, looking for people to pray for them. Looking for as if to say they are not in a covenant with God through Christ. As if to say they don't have access to God through Christ. As if to say that all the promises in Christ have not been fulfilled for them. But they are running a majority running around.
So how does faith produce righteousness? Let's hear what preachers have said about it. I will go way back to 150 years and listen to people who are revelation on these things. Let's hear them. First of all, this writer John Piper in DesiringGod.com DesiringGod.com he writes Romans 16, 25 to 27 Now to him who is able to strengthen you see that all reference is made to God who does everything able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the gospel, to bring about the obedience of faith, not obedience of the law. Commanded by God through the gospel to bring about the obedience of faith. Kim James put it like that too. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ our Lord, and we say amen. And now this is the comment that he made on this scripture. John Piper wrote, in this message, I want to focus on one phrase and how it functions in this doxology. And then make it the occasion of re reviewing something enormously important. Enormously important in the book of Romans. So this is enormously important in the book of Romans. The church doesn't even know it. The phrase is the obedience of faith from the end of verse 26. To bring about the obedience of faith, the gospel is to bring about the obedience of faith, not the obedience of the law. God commanded it to all nations, to all nations, to bring about the obedience coming from our faith in Christ. And he says, if the glory of the only wise God through Jesus Christ is the ultimate goal of all things in these verses, according to verse 27, then... The obedience of faith is next to the ultimate goal of all things in these verses. Because it's this obedience of faith that brings that glory to Christ. And that is because when faith in Jesus Christ, listen church, when faith in Jesus Christ produces not the law. When faith in Jesus Christ produces obedience to Jesus, those obedient lives make God look glorious because we see what God is doing, not what man is doing. 
we see a display of the glorious life of Jesus. Then he went to write, continued. The type of faith which produces obedience is the Lord of understanding. He, listen, is the Lord of understanding of our life in Christ Jesus. It is the royal understanding. A royal faith. The believer believes and by his faith acts and obeys God like Abraham did. He called it a royal faith. He called it a royal understanding. He called it the Lord of understanding, like, like a primary understanding that the Christian must have. And I put a footnote myself, where there is no obedience, there is no faith. For faith automatically produces obedience or visible work or action. The product of faith in Christ is automatic obedience. Now, let's read from Leading the Way website. Leading the Way website is saying that obedience is the fruit of faith, not the works of men. Of course, that's what it should be. Because we're talking about the fruit of righteousness. Fruit of righteousness. Fruit of the fruit of the Spirit. That's obedience in action. Now let's listen to what they wrote. The Leading the Way website, www.ltw.org. It says, instead of releasing man from obedience, it is faith and faith only that makes us partake of the grace of of Christ, and it is this grace that makes us obey God. Faith and faith only that makes you and I partake, partakers of the grace of Christ. Brethren, it is this grace that teaches you to deny ungodliness. It's this grace. You, by the grace of God, you are what you are. By the grace of God, you do what you are doing. What makes you partake of that grace is faith in Christ. Your obedience is a product of your faith in Christ that gives you, you partake of the grace that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. You partake in that. And the grace of God, Paul said, whatever I am, the grace of God made, made me that. He said, I worked harder than everybody, but not I, but the grace of God. What made you partake of that grace that gives you that ability is your faith in Christ. Obedience of it. Then he says, he says, he said, faith only, that, make, that makes us partake of the grace of Christ, which enables us to render obedience. We do not earn salvation by obedience, for salvation is a free gift of God to be received by faith. But obedience is the fruit of faith. Then he went on to write, 
Genuine faith can only be demonstrated by obedient action. If we truly trust in God and his word and promises, then we will fully obey him. Anyone can say they have faith. But the people who actually live by faith will act in obedience to God no matter where God leads them. Because the power that's working in them is the power of Christ. It's the grace of God at work. And there's no limit to what that power can do. For all things become possible to all the, everybody that believes. They follow God to any extent. Because the power at work in them has been activated by their faith in Christ. The life of Christ has been activated. The spirit of Christ has been activated. And there's no limit to which they can obey God. Paul said, I'm prepared to die. I'm ready to die for him. There's no limit they can obey God. There is no limit. And without their effort, without sweat, Christ is working and living in them. Comes by faith in him. It's not obedience of the law. Obedience of faith. Let's listen to C.H. Spurgeon. Spurgeon was called the prince of preachers. He preached 150 something, 140 something, 30 something years ago. He was number one preacher in his days. Listen to Spurgeon. Hebrew 11.8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Listen. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. Now, this is what Spurgeon wrote. The part of the text to which I shall call your attention, remember this is English in 130 years back, so it's not exactly our English of today, but you will understand it. He said, the, the part of the text to which I shall call your attention lies in these words, by faith Abraham obeyed. What? By faith, not by law. By faith Abraham obeyed. It was Abraham's faith that produced that obedience. He said, this is what attacks me here. He said, by faith, Abraham obeyed. Obedience, what a blessing it would be if we were all trained to this type of faith by the Holy Spirit. That we too can have the testimony by faith I obey. By faith. This is an act of faith. This is a result of my confidence in God. My confidence in Jesus. And Jesus is the one to distance. Now let's see how it applies to us that are in the body of Christ today. The scripture says, because our faith cannot be in ourselves, certainly cannot be in anything else, just, it can't be your self-will. Paul said, the things I will to do, I couldn't do them. He said, who will deliver me from this body of sin? He said, I found the answer in Jesus Christ. I found the answer in Jesus Christ. So our faith can't be in ourselves. It can't be in ourselves, brethren. We must point people to Christ. It's important. It is critical. And so, in order to begin to live this life of obedience that faith produces, 
I need to acknowledge Christ in my life. Acknowledge his presence in me. Acknowledge the work he has accomplished in my life. I cannot neglect them and live in obedience to him. Because those are the things that equip me for the life of, 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 of godliness. Those are the things that equip me to live this godly life, obey God. What Christ has equipped me with, I cannot deny them, neglect them, forget them, and turn around and be talking about obey God, obey God. By what means is it going to happen? Without Christ? Without Jesus? What are you trying to do? Set him aside. Proverbs 3 6. In all your ways, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. Him is H I M. In all your ways. You want to obey God, acknowledge Christ. The Lord is the strength of my life. It is through Christ I do all things. It is through you, Lord, I'm able to obey. It's through you. In all your, acknowledge him. Do not neglect him. And he will now direct and make straight and plan your path. And so, we begin this acknowledgement like 1 John 5, 11 says. It says, and this is the record Look at the acknowledgement. The record that God has given to us eternal life. This is the Holy Spirit witness. This is the spirit of the living God. Giving the church a record. A witness. The truth. What to acknowledge. What to believe. This is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. We have the life of Christ. And this life is in his son. He that had the son had life. And he that had not the son of God had no life. These things have I written unto you Christians. This is why I'm writing this. That believe on the name of the son of God that you may know. It's not, a, it's not church story. It's not, it's not Pentecostal jargon. It's not what we talk in church. It's what we believe as a reality. Acknowledge it as a reality that you may know certainly, for sure, for yourself. Acknowledging it, believing it, trusting it's true. That you may know that you have eternal life. You have the life of God. That life will be God. That love, that life, acts righteously. It's nature. It's natural to it. It is native to it. It is totally native to who you are now. You don't have to be pushed. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of Keep believing. You have. The question is, how many Christians live in the awareness of the fact? Waking up in the morning and saying, bless the name of the Lord. I have eternal life. I have the life of God in me. This life obeys God. This life is righteous. This life acts is the life of Christ. I have it it's right there. I'm acknowledging it, Lord, and I'm worshiping you for it. I'm thanking you for it. 
The Lord is now the strength of my life. I can do all things through, through him. Through the strength and surprise. I'm able to obey God. Through the life I have. Through Christ. Obedience comes out of faith in him. Righteousness. Living a righteous life. All of them. Fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit. Not the flesh. Not I want to. You tell me I have to obey God. I start to obey. We have to. We tell us. There's one preacher. He said. He said Christians tell themselves. What, what they are not ready even to do. Romans 7.4. So my dear brothers and sisters. This is the point. What is the point Paul? You died to the power of the law. No more led by all these doors and dots. No, you died to the power of the law. When you die with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. You become, you have a divine, partaker of the divine nature. You are united with Christ. You become one with him. Say so this is the point. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result of your being united with him, you can produce a harvest of goodies. <laughs> That's why you produce it. Faith in him produces goodies. Faith. You are united in him. See, this is the point. You have eternal life. You are united with him. As a result of this, your nature has changed. The life you have produces this thing. Produces this thing. Verse 5. When we were controlled by our old nature, when we didn't have Jesus, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law. You see all the laws we make in the body of Christ? The Bible says they are rousing. The strength of sin is laws. Laws strengthen sin. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus. Not through those laws. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. 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 He said, the law aroused this evil desire that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now, we have been released from the law now, for we died to it and no, more, no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God. How do we serve God, Paul? Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. This is what is taught in the body of Christ. But in the new way of living in the spirit. Fruit of the spirit. Life of Christ. Manifestation of the life, eternal life. By faith, by faith produces perfect obedience that God accepts. Because it's the arm of the Lord at work. It's the arm of the Lord at work. You can't serve God with men's arms. You can't. It's the arm of the Lord. I work. Producing 
what pleases God. It's Christ at work in whom his will pleased, producing through you because you are joined with him. The body of Christ today sees in everything loss. Even with turn grace to loss. Oh, yeah. We see loss everywhere. But we should see Christ everywhere. We should see Jesus everywhere. We should, we should see Jesus everywhere. We should point people to Christ. That's why the theme song of this church is Jesus only is our message. We should see Christ in everything, everywhere. Instead of pointing people to, to laws and things, point people to Christ who only, only, only has the power to make them what they will be. Hebrew 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, life of faith, life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2 tells us how we do this. We do this. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. The church must see Jesus everywhere and point people to Jesus. It will make the difference in people's lives. He is the only difference we have. He's the one that connects us to God. He's the one that the Holy Spirit came to talk about. The Holy Spirit doesn't, didn't come to tell us stories. He came to take off Christ and reveal it to us. He came to show us who Jesus is so we can benefit from what he did on the cross and what he's doing today by his spirit in our lives. Only Jesus can set you free from the power of sin. And only Jesus can keep you free from the power of sin. And only Jesus can preserve you in righteousness. Only Christ and him alone. And it all works by faith in him. So we do this keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He initiates and perfects it. If my faith is not perfect, all I need is Jesus. Point me to him. He will teach me. He, he loves me. He will teach me. He will correct me. He will instruct me. He will help me understand so my faith becomes better. And when my faith becomes better in him, his power works more. The more I trust him, the more his power works in my life. The more I trust him, the more his life is coming out of my life. The more I trust him, the more, the more. All the, 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 the power of sin can act in my life. Do you know the Bible says in Ruth? What we're talking about? Romans chapter 8. It says, it says listen, it said, what, what the law could not do. What the law could not do because of the weakness of the flesh. The law was given to us to obey them. He said the law couldn't make us obey it. He said God did it. We're still doing what the law could not do up to today. We're not talking about what God did. He sent his son to deal with sin in the flesh. What did he do? Paid for our sins, gave us eternal life, lives in us, and says, through me you can do all things. You can put to death 
this sinful thing. You can stop it through my power that's not working you. I'm leading you to victory all the time, all the time, all the time. But you look up to me. Without me, you can do nothing. No. You don't have anything it takes to handle sin. You don't have anything it takes to handle the flesh. In fact, you don't even have anything to handle the devil. I'm the one. It's my name, handles the devil. It's my power, handles, the, handles your flesh. It is through my power you put to death all these things. I came to do it for you. Give me the burden of your life and have some rest. Oh no, we won't. So how did Paul do it? Galatians 3, 19, 21. For when I tried to keep the law, <laughs> it condemned me. So I died to the law, I stopped. I stopped trying to meet all his requirements, but this is what we are taught in the body of, since I became a Christian, all I was taught is to obey the law. And we will come and cry, because we are failing, but we are sincere. And after we cry, <laughs> the next Sunday we'll cry again. And I'm asking myself, when are we going to get this thing right? If we can tell ourselves the truth, we have a lot of hidden things in our lives. A lot. A lot. A lot of jealousy. A lot of anger. A lot of uh, resentment. A lot of, you know, I better than thou. A lot of this segmentation. A lot of, a lot. A lot. Laziness. A lot. But we clothe them on Sunday morning clothes. But it's affecting our intimacy with the Holy Spirit. People are confused. How does God talk to me? Where is Jesus? God, where are you? This is happening. The Christians should hear God. My sheep hear my voice. We should live as children of light. We should live in the light, not confused. For our steps are ordered by the Spirit of God. What happened to our fellowship with him? Where is intimacy? Why do you need a prophet? Where you should be talking as an oracle of God? Where you are for signs and wonders? Where is it? Where is it? Christianity is the only proposition that offers man life. Other religions offer people you know, code of conduct. They all have it, but didn't give them life. Only Christianity gives us life. Jesus said, I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. And this life obeys God. This life is the life that pleases God. The eternal life that Jesus gave us. God said, I want all nations to be commanded so that this gospel will produce the obedience of faith. The obedience that faith in Christ produces. The life that faith in Christ, that you can put it another way, produces. So Paul said, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all his requirements so that I might live for God. <laughs> I don't follow this issue. I have to find another way to live for God. It's not working. My old self has been see, acknowledging now. Paul started to acknowledge Christ. How can you be talking of obedience when you don't honor Jesus by acknowledging him? When you don't honor him? He means nothing. In, in our Christian life, Jesus just means nothing. He just what, what we talk about on Sunday mornings. My son Hugo said to us, he said, he said, we sing about loving God. He said, did God really tell us we love him or are we just assuming? 
That's true. You say, the, word, the, the Holy Spirit witness to you, yeah, you love me. Are you just talking because it's Sunday morning talk? Paul began, my old self has been crucified with Christ. You see, he began to acknowledge what Christ did. That's how you honor God. That's how you obey God. You can't be obeying God when you are not acknowledging Jesus. You deny him. He means nothing to you. Are you talking of obedience? Are you kidding me? It starts there. My own self is crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That's acknowledging him and saying you are Lord indeed. This is what you did in my life. This is who you made me to be. But Christ, he says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. See? Produced harvest of goodness because Christ lives in you. You become united with him. See, that's why you produce his life. If you remove Christ, produce nothing. Have Christ. If you believe it, produce it. Obedience of it comes as a result of the new nature. Not a result of effort. New nature. It's automatic. New nature. Obeying God becomes your first nature. It's your nature. You don't think about it. So he said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Now, if it is no longer I who lives, what am I obeying? Somebody should answer me. Why are you talking to the man who doesn't live? It's no longer I that, that lives. But Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting. By trusting. By trusting. Without faith, you can't please God. It's impossible. Church, when will we hear it? By trusting in the Son of God. The Bible said, look unto him. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Trust him. Trust him. Those that trust in him will never be put to shame. Let your faith be rooted in him. Be grounded in him. Then you'll be filled with joy. Oh, no, we won't do that. Trusting the Son of God who loved me, gave himself to... How do you think God hears this from Paul? What, what joy does he give God that his son is being glorified by this man? This is obedience of faith. His son... Jesus is being, he's, he's lifting him up and saying, Lord, this is who you are. This is what you made in me. This is who you made me to be. I couldn't do this. You are the one. You are the one that's like, walking me. You are the one living in me. I, I can't do anything. I, my life, I trust you with my life. I surrender everything over to you. You told me to give my burdens to you. I surrender these burdens. I enter my, your rest. The God is listening and saying, awesome. awesome. That's real worship. That's real worship. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God. Remember, it's through faith we enter this grace that enables us to obey God. So I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law 
Yeah. Could make us right with God. Then there was no need for Jesus to die now. We can keep on obeying God. Everybody obey God. We're all obeying God. We can keep on obeying God. Even the heathens can obey. <laughs> they can. And they do. Where I came from, the village I came from, simple taboo and fear kept us in line. You see, this is what, what, what Paul believes, and that pleased God. You cannot doubt God, not believe God, and please Him. You cannot. You call Him a liar, and you say, I'm obeying you. When you're calling Him a liar by, by your, in your heart, and then you he said, I'm being, what kind of obedience is that? Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, again, knowing, it's not guesswork. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the new, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Knowing this, acknowledging him, That henceforth we should not serve sin. Knowing this. That this is what Jesus achieved in my life. Knowing this. Honors Jesus. Glorifies God. That's obedience first. That's where it starts. I can't deny this. Neglect it. Treat the grace as nothing. And turn around and say I'm obeying God. Are you kidding me? From where is it come? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not have sin. <laughs> Glory. As a man thinketh, so he is. As I don't have sin, been crucified, and it begins to work in your life. It be, your nature, the new nature begins to manifest. Are you perfect? No, because you, as you, the more you know it, the more you understand it, the more your faith is growing, the more your life is changing. The more your faith is growing, the more it's producing that work. The more your faith is growing, the more it's producing that work. For, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe. See the word again, we believe. That we shall also live with him. Knowing, again the word knowing, that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. 11. Likewise, Christian, no, believe. Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. You are dead to it. But alive unto God through, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Paul said, I know this. I believe this. I know this. Is that a testimony? And people thought he was crazy. Because up to today, people think you're crazy. When you talk like this. Because it's not a normal Pentecostal language. It's not. It doesn't fit into Pentecostal language. So people thought it was crazy. So 2 Corinthians 5.3. If it, th- if it seems we are crazy, 
it is to bring glory to God. And if we are out of our, if we are in our right mind, this is how it's for your benefit. Either will Christ's love controls me now. Jesus is in control of this life. It's not Paul that lives. Jesus is controlling it. What you see is the love of God. God is love. Is the life of God controlling it. He's the one. Because I acknowledge him. So if you acknowledge me, I direct your path. I begin to direct your path. That's the one controlling me. Since we believe. See the word believe? That Christ died for us. We also believe that we have all died to our own life. See what we, he believes? This does not resonate in the consciousness of majority of Christians. It's not there. It's not simple. It's just not there. Since we believe that Christ died for us, for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who have received his new life, this eternal life, those who receive it, will no longer live for themselves. You don't have to push them. It's in nature. Instead, they will not live for Christ <laughs> who died and was raised for them. So, we have stopped evaluating others after a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means now that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And the new life Eternal life has begun. The life of Jesus has begun. So, message wrote something interesting in Romans 8:4. And now, what the law code asked, Romans 8:4, but we couldn't be delivered. It's accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our efforts, instead of redoubling our efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Embrace it. Instead of doubling your effort to do this, do this. No. When you embrace it, you, you walk in the faith that pleases God. Hebrew 4 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my right, if they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall. After the example of unbelief. So the scripture says it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrew 11 says, but without faith it is impossible. Impossible. It's something that cannot happen. Obedience of faith. It comes from faith. Impossible. To please it. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why diligently seek him? People who have put their entire faith in him, they have no plan B. 
they're diligent about knowing him, diligent about wanting to know him. They study, they want to know him. They are seeking to know him. They, are they have no plan B. All their faith is in him, diligently seeking God. Say reward because it's, it's real. And Hebrew 2 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If we neglect all these things I've been talking about, it's not, it doesn't resonate in your consciousness. You don't even remember them. You don't even talk about them. You just go to church to dance. And you go home and then you join all this one, one in prayer, talking all these things. You're talking with sleep. You will sleep. But he called you to rest. Did he call you to rest? But he will sleep. The just shall live by faith. No, you won't hear that. Run after prophets. Anywhere you hear you, put your name, book me. Put my name there. Put, put, put. Are you collecting? What people, sometimes they come to me because they contact demonic spirits. Sometimes they come. If I one was manifesting demonic spirit right in my office, and he told me, say, my wife took me to that place. If I call the name of the place, you people know, because many of you are there too. And they started twisting like snake in my office. I said to the devil, I said, not in my office. He said, this thing you put, stop it in Jesus' name. Still stop. I said, don't do this here. And I said, I, I, before I counter in that name that destroyed your power on the cross, before I counter in that name of Jesus Christ, you're out of here. I want to trade the man was free. The, that man couldn't confess Jesus with man. I said, okay, if you know, they told you you are saved there. I said, yes, okay, fine. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. Tell me he came in the flesh. He couldn't. In my office, he could not. He would try. He would. I say, see? But after he was set free by the power of Christ, he confessed Christ as the Son of God, confessed he came in the flesh with ease, God born again. How shall we really escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had it. If we escape, how can we escape if we neglect all these things Jesus did? We're not acknowledging him. We don't, we don't believe like Paul. We don't know them. And then the scripture tells us that faith is our victory. You don't have faith, you don't have victory. Only those that trust in him will not be put to shame. Look at 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God, are you born of God? He said you overcome the world. It's not even a question of whether you will. It's, it's a concluded fact. And this is the victory that overcome the world, even our faith. Are you born of God? He said your faith overcomes this world. Because that's the shield that quenches all the dust the devil can throw at you. Any dust they can throw at you, it quenches it. Verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? Be he that believeth. Believeth. Believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. As simple as this. As simple as this. That Jesus is the Son of God. That he is who he said he is. Believe in his name. Believe in everything he did for you. Acknowledge them. Confess them. Worship him for them. 
Make them the center of your focus. Look at Jesus morning, afternoon, night. Don't take your eyes off him. If you go to church where they don't look at Jesus, take your Bible, read and look. Say, Jesus, I want to look for you. I'm, I'm diligently seeking you. Do that. Go to school if you can't read and learn to read. Read for yourself. Read for yourself. And the Spirit of God will direct you to where you go. He will. Oh, he's so faithful. He loves us. He won't let us destroy us if he will direct you. First Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no victory that, doesn't, that comes that is not through Jesus. None. Because it's faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. That is your victory. Who else believed that Jesus is? Who is he that overcometh the world? The he that believed that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith in Christ. Not your ritualism. Not all the junk. Faith in Christ. Which you can exercise. Anybody can exercise. Anybody that can, can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ. Romans 10, 11. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So faith is our victory. Number four. By faith we stand. By faith we stand. Second Corinthians 1, 24. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith, for by faith, ye stand. By faith, ye stand. New Living Translation says, for it is by your faith that you stand firm. So if you lose your faith, you fall. And without faith, prayers are not answered. Oh, they won't go. James 1 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Oh, we we'll read it, but we won't believe it. We we'll think if a prophet prays, that's it. No, it doesn't work like that. There are gifts of the Spirit, but it is when the Spirit wants. It's not, you can't switch him off. You don't use him, he uses you. You can't switch it off and on when you like. No. People who are switching it on when they like, run. Because the Holy Spirit says it is as the Spirit wills. When he wills, not, not always. You can't come and say, I am Spirit of God. I am. Let me move the hand of God. I am. It's not Bible. And people fall for that. Paul, Father, I, read, I saw a woman who took her, her husband's house and went and gave to a pastor. He said, so you see, her husband's entire house gave it to this man. He said, so you see. And the husband nearly killed her. Everywhere, so seed. So seed, seed, seed. And foolish people, foolish people are giving them. Let him ask in faith, 
Nothing wavering. That's all you need. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. And we have access to all the blessings of God only through faith. All of them. Romans 5, 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. That's why I say, he said, your faith gets you into the grace, and this grace makes you do what God wants you to do. So have access, by whom also have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Seven, you cannot be saved without faith. Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you are saved through faith. It's by faith you receive what grace offers you. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. No, not of works. Let any man should boast. And number eight. And now, this is one weapon that can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So understanding what faith is is important. So what is faith? Let's start with what faith is not. Faith it's not the natural human faith based on what you see, what you touch, what you feel. This type of faith works by sight. It is the type of faith with which we deal with natural circumstances. For instance, when you are driving, you need to see. If you walk, wake up in the morning, you need to see where the restroom is. This is the faith with which you deal with the natural things of life. But it's useless when it comes to spiritual life. Completely useless. John chapter 20 verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see. You see? You see? Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nurse and put my finger into the print of the nurse and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe you. 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach thither my, thy hands and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, Thomas. You are faithless. Be not faithless. But believing, 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed, Thomas, this is the way you walk in my blessing, Thomas. Thomas, this is the way you walk in my blessings. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Thomas, in the spirit world, it works the reverse. In the natural world, it works this way. But in the spirit world, I just walked in through the door. Your doors were closed. I just walked in. I didn't need this door opened. In the spirit world, God is a spirit. In the spirit reality, it's the reverse. You have to believe before you see. Faith is not hope. Oh, and this is where a lot of Christians miss it. Oh, they say, Pastor, hey, Pastor, you know, I'm believing God. I'm, I say, what do you believe? He said, Pastor, I, I believe that God will do it. I say, that's not faith. 
and they are looking at me like I came from Jupiter. I said, it's not faith. You won't get anything that way. There's no place the scripture says you receive by hope. I said, this is hope. You are hoping that God will do it. You are hoping. This is not faith. A lot of Christians dwell there. Because that's why they are comfortable. They think by saying that they hang. No, it won't work. Now, let's see. Faith is not hope. Hope is for the future. Faith is for now. It is about something that exists, but unseen. Hope is about something that has not yet happened. Romans 8, 18. Yet, what we suffer, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Verse 19. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day. All creation. When God will reveal who his children really are, verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse because of sin. Against its will. But with eager hope now, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So it's looking forward to something that will happen. Listen. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of child by right up to this present time. And we believers also groan. Because when you sin, you groan. You feel bad. All true Christians are, are yearning for a sinless life. But the flesh always interjects. It grows, grows out from wherever. We also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, we, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies, sinless bodies he has promised us. We're all hoping for it to happen. It hasn't happened yet. When we were given this hope, when we, we were given this hope, when we were saved, that's when we were given this hope that he will give us a new body. It hasn't happened. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. The faith is about what you already have, you don't see it. So hope is not faith. Now, 25. But if we look forward to something we don't yet, something we don't yet have, we must patiently and confidently wait for it. So he says, if we were, verse 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. You don't have to put it in the future. So your language reveals what, whether you're in faith or hope. Hope, I'm, I'm believing God. God will do that. No, that's not faith. That's hope because it's in the future. He said, what you have, you don't have to hope for it. If I, have, if I want this and I have it, why am I hoping for it? I already have it. So hope without faith has nothing but what is yet to happen. And it's not seen because it does not yet exist. That's what hope is. So what is faith? 
Now, Hebrew 11, 1 to 2. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, let's take it one by one. Faith is the, let's take it from now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Remember the word is hoped for, not things hope I'm hoping for. It's not present continuous. It is hoped, past tense. I hoped for it. <clears throat> Listen, <clears throat> I want to get this from God. And I'm hoping that I'll get it. Now I go to God in prayer, and I believe that God has given it to me. So I hoped. I hoped for it. I started with hope. If you didn't have expectation, you have faith. You have to start off with expecting this to come to you. Then you go to scripture and see that, oh, this is mine already. Or you have the witness of the Holy Spirit that this is mine already. So it becomes a substance of things you hoped for. You hope for it. H-O-P-E-D is past tense. It's not present tense. It's not future. You did hope for it when you started. But now it has happened. It has become a substance. It has become a reality. In the rain you don't see, but it's a reality. Now it becomes faith because now faith has put substance to what you hope for. You hope for it. Faith says it exists now. So faith brings substance to it. Brings reality to it. Say so that thing you are hoping for has happened. It's real. So your language changes now. Say, hey, God has done it. Thank you, Jesus. And they say, have you seen it? No, I have not. But it's happened. Now, God exercises. Uh, let, me, let me talk about, um, before I talk of, faith is evidence of things not seen. Evidence. This second definition of faith talks about you. It talks about you. The first one talks about God. You hope for it. The word of God tells you it has happened. God, his word reveals to you, this thing you read in the Bible is yours. This thing you're praying, it's done. It's by revelation. Now, the second, de the second definition, faith is evidence of things not seen. It's about you. Now, you have to show evidence that you believe that that thing God told you is true. Now you are the one to show the evidence. Not God. You are the one. Because God has already given you substance by revelation that this thing is real. It happened. Now it's you that will show evidence of things not seen. So it, this is about how you prove your faith. When you are saying or doing what you are saying or doing that is evidence that what you believe is true and real, that you have not seen. If you have no proof or evidence to show that what you believe is true, you don't have faith. Simple. If people hear you, people see how you act, and it doesn't prove that you believe this thing, you don't have faith. Faith must have evidence of works. Or it is dead and does not exist. What was the evidence in the case of Abraham? 
And then what was the evidence in the case of Paul? Let's read, read Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, 13. It says, if it seems crazy, we read this thing before. If it seems crazy, we, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are out of our mind, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe, now we believe it, that Christ died for all. We also believe that we, that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. So what was the evidence I believe this? Paul started living for Christ instead of for himself. He said, yeah, that's why I said the blood of God controls me now. So I, I, I'm no more selfish. I'm not living selfish life. I'm living for Christ. The proof was in his life. That's why the Bible talks about the obedience of faith. That faith produces obedience that is visible. It's evidence that you have faith, that you have the new life, that you have eternal life. It's evidence. Paul's evidence. He says, he, he died for, he says, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this, his new life will no longer live for themselves. He said that they will, not, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others after this human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view and how differently we know him. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new thing has begun. So his life, his new life, was ample evidence of reality of Christ in him, which is not seen by the visible eyes. His life of obedience was ample evidence that Christ was the one walking in him. You could see that. You can't say I have faith in Christ and then there's nothing that proves that you have. So let's look at uh, this one. Uh, I think uh, Romans chapter 4. Verse 3. Romans 12, 4, verse 3. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only, which is of law, but that also, which is of faith of Abraham. Who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were, who again so believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, and be not weak in faith. This is Abraham's evidence of faith. Be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. This is what he was doing. That's evidence. Consider not his own body now did when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You can see what he was doing that you can say, man, this guy really believes this. Too. Abraham, you are old. He said, I don't consider that. What are you doing? I'm giving glory to God. That's evidence of things. Not sin. If you don't have evidence, you don't have faith. It's not today, ah, God did it to hallelujah, praise God. Tomorrow, I don't know, if you don't have faith, 
That's not evidence. Abraham never wavered. He stood with it. It was a hopeless situation, but God said it. He believed it. His life showed evidence of his faith. Faith is evidence of things not seen. We show God. You show God. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, they proved their faith by the life they were living. But they tore the roof and came in. So Jesus saw their faith. They proved their faith by their action. You prove your faith by your action. You prove your faith by your word. People hear you. People see you. They know you believe in this thing for real. You believe in Jesus, but you, you, you're not excited about going to church. And you believe that where two or three are gathered, he's there. You, are, you come where you like, drag yourself in. <laughs> you don't believe that he's there. You don't. If he shows up physically, you won't do that. Oh, you won't do that. And this kind of faith is called God's kind of faith. The, the faith of God. The same faith that God exercises. The, faith, the same faith that Jesus lived by. It's not the faith, human faith. It's God type of faith. It's a spiritual thing. And then the, other, the next time, in fact, let me read Genesis 17:5. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For, I, for a father of many nations, I have made thee since the past. God calls those things that are not as if they were. And you should call it like that. If you call your own like that, the same way God calls it, it's evidence you believe what God said. But if God is calling it, and you are calling another one, you, you, you don't have it. Just forget it. We'll, we'll continue from here next time. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you and give you praise and give you glory for this beginning of this very important topic that we must understand and digest how to live by faith. Thank you for starting us off with this. I trust you that you will minister these things to people. You want us to know the truth. You want us to come to the knowledge of the truth. We trust you, merciful Father. Only you, only you, without you, we can do nothing. Except the Lord builds. Those that are building, wasting their time. The heart of the king is in your hand. Only you can penetrate the heart of me. Only you. Father, we trust you that you give us revelation and understanding. Because faith is so central in our living a successful life. So that we live by faith. Produce obedience of faith. Produce a habit of righteousness. And produce power that glorifies your name. And reveals Christ. So that the world will see him. Say his light and then come to him. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.